Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I'm your host, Chance Pitts, and I'd like to thank you for tuning into this episode. Guys and gals, welcome into another episode of the Next in Line podcast. I'm extremely excited to have you in here. I've been very out of pocket this past week, and I'm going to go into detail explaining why that was uh, as we get further into the show. But for now, I want to go ahead and take care of the housekeeping, guys. If you receive value from this episode of the Next in Line podcast or any other episode that we have put out so far, we would ask that you share the show with like-minded individuals who could receive that same kind of value. That's going to be the number one way for us to grow and to move this whole thing in a positive direction. And guys, when we're able to grow and move in that positive direction, we're talking about being able to help more people. That's our number one goal, just to help as many people discover what is possible for them in their lives as possible. Another way you can help us do that besides sharing, guys, is by interacting on whatever platform you find yourself listening on. Now, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, just interact with us on that platform, guys. That's a like, that's a subscribe, that's a comment, um, maybe a rating or review if that's possible on the pod or on the platform you're listening to. Uh, but that's going to help us do that same thing, guys. It's going to help us reach a larger audience and help more people, which is the ultimate goal. Now, with that, guys, you can keep up with all the daily antics and uh, crazy stuff we have going on by following us on social media. That's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's also the place that if you shoot us a DM, we are the most active on. So if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us there, and we will get right back to you as soon as we can. Now, guys, just for a quick announcement, we do have the Spartan Dallas coming up. That is on October 22nd. Lane Divin and myself will be traveling up to Dallas to take on the Spartan Ultra, which is a 31-mile ultra run uh, that is 60 different obstacles mixed into it. So it's going to be extremely challenging. Um, I'm probably a little bit underprepared for it, but I know Lane Divin's going to probably be right there to pull us through as he's had a lot of prep time and he's going to be uh, moving along pretty well in my opinion. So be looking for that. We'll probably drop some content on one of these Thursdays coming up with a Thoughtful Thursday just with our game plan and our gear kit. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I know we were asked to put one of those out. So very excited to get that request and to put that uh, into motion for y'all as well. Now, guys, I mentioned that I was out of pocket this past week. Uh, I was actually at a Leadership Through Teamwork event. It was a LTT is what we call it for work. It is an event where you go in on Sunday afternoon and you don't get off till Friday afternoon. You are on site 24-7, uh, working long hours throughout the day. But it really turned out to be something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and just for some context, leading up to this thing, nobody gives you any information about what this event is, what it involves, what you're going to be doing, or anything to do with the schedule or anything like that. They just kind of keep everything secret. And I didn't understand why that was until I had gone through the full program this past week. Um, along with that, guys, everybody treated this like it was going to be this massive undertaking and this very involved and very uh, taxing event that you were going to go through. And being the kind of person I am and how involved I am with everything, including ultra running, lifting, and all the other various things I have going on between work, personal life, this movement, um, everything just as a whole, I really didn't expect it to be something that would put that kind of tax on me, that would make me tired and stressed out. And and I didn't think that 
there was any way it would compare to any of the stuff that I was doing in my personal life. Um, but I really found that to be totally wrong. It was a stream, extremely strenuous event. It was uh, something that took a lot out of me. It took my full attention and engagement the entire time. Um, and I, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it really did take it out of me in a lot of ways. Now, whenever I figured out I was going to this thing, I was a little bit annoyed. I was annoyed because there's just this massive amount of pre-work that you have to do between filling out questionnaires, reading, studying, uh, all these different techniques and leadership skills and personal development type things. And I was pretty frustrated because I'm already consuming a large amount of that content on my own. But you've also got to think that was mixed into a heavy training schedule uh, that was mixed into a heavy work schedule and just all the other crazy things I have going on in my life. So that was my initial thought on the entire program was that little bit of annoyance. And it kind of bothers me that it was that way. Um, but that's just kind of the way it was. Um, the annoyance kind of all came to a head, though, whenever I realized about five days out that I had this training next week. I had kind of forgotten about it up until that point. Um, and the realization came over me that I was going to be away from my home, away from my wife, away from my dog for a week straight in this foreign environment, stressed out to the max and doing all these other things uh, that that I had no idea about, right? I had no context for anything, and I just knew that I was required to be there for work. So that annoyance really hit ahead there, and I found that as I was driving to New Braunfels last Sunday, I was extremely frustrated. I was trying to figure out how the heck I was going to get out of this thing, how I was going to escape this crazy leadership uh, event. I didn't want to be brought into this cult that was the place I work. Um, I just wanted to be somebody that contributed to the culture and involved in it and do my part and go home at the end of the day, right? That's what I that's what I thought work-life balance to me was. So upon arriving at this thing, we sit down and we fill out some more paperwork, some more questionnaires, um, and we grab some dinner. And then they kind of laid out how everything was going to go for the week, how involved we were going to be, the strenuous schedule, and just the overall layout of what we were going to do. They also laid out that we were going to be split into teams. We we're going to be basically operating with these teams all week long with a bunch of strangers that we had no idea who they were. And it just kind of all added to that little bit of kind of frustration of why am I here? I've got so much going on. I've got so much work to do. And there's so many other areas I could spend my time that would be more productive for me. So that is just my overall initial reaction to the beginning of this whenever I first found out to my drive to this training over in New Braunfels. And then whenever I initially arrived on site there as well, I just, I was not interested in taking this thing on. I was not engaged. Um, and I just, I had this kind of bad feeling whenever I read this book by its cover and I was sitting and just evaluating it at what I thought was face value. But as we got into it, I was able to kind of begin to set work aside because that's one of the biggest things they tell us is to set work aside and fully engage into this program to let other people handle the things back at work to have someone fill in for you as if you were on PTO and for you to fully engage and as I was able to make that separation and I was able to truly engage in the work that I was doing here at this training I did actually remember something if you look at everything we're doing here with Next in Line it is fully rooted in personal development and leadership style training and 
as a result of that, guys, I had the realization right there that, hey, idiot, you like doing stuff like this. You enjoy training. You remember, You enjoy developing. You enjoy being involved in leadership. And this is something that if you really, truly engage in and take the time to to just see what it is and enjoy it and get the full effect of it, you're going to have a fantastic time. And this realization came during my first full day out there Monday, and it led to me being very excited for the week as it went on and as we moved through these different events that we had. And now I can't give away all of the details of this whole thing because it's supposed to be kept on the down low and every new class that goes through LTT um, is supposed to have minimal exposure and not really know what they're getting themselves into so that they can get the full benefits of the program. And I know there's a couple of people that have dabbled into this podcast that I work with. Um, so I don't want to give this away just in case anybody on here is listening and hasn't gone to this LTT yet. But I am going to tell you all a little bit about what it's rooted in. Now, I did a podcast last week over the top five personal development books that I've read so far. Now, there's another book that we kind of got to look into a little bit as we prepped for this course. And also, we had the opportunity to dive into, kind of take a deep dive into the principles that were associated with it. I talked a little bit about Stephen Covey on the podcast, but these are the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. The entire course that I just went through and undertook was rooted deeply in that book. And I'm going to share some of these habits. We're going to dive into them just a little bit into how they relate into life. Now, number one on the habits list for Stephen Covey was to be proactive. And what that means, guys, is you need to take aim at what is within your control and you need to control it. It's kind of that same thing we've talked about a couple of times with you're not necessarily at fault for whatever circumstances you find yourself in. However, it is 100% your responsibility to make the best out of those circumstances. And I kind of found myself in that spot, not wanting to be there, not wanting to be at this training and, and diving in with all these strangers and just getting involved. And I found out very quickly that there was a lot of things that were within my control, including my attitude towards this program that really set the tone for everything, right? It Aiming at what was, the, what was within my control made all the difference for whether I was going to be happy coming out of this or whether I was going to actually get anything out of this program. So being proactive is that first habit, and we dove into that one pretty early into this program, and it really set the tone for what I was able to get out of the program as a whole. Now, Covey's second habit, begin with the end in mind, talks about setting goals. It talks about coming up with a plan and then actively working to achieve them throughout the entire process. And that was one cool thing about this whole whole training scenario that we went through was they talked a lot about the end and they talked about what we were going to do as a whole and what we wanted to get out of this. And then they came up with a very, very detailed agenda, a very detailed plan on how we were going to dive into that and train to get there. And that's something we talk about regularly here on the podcast as well is that you have to set a goal. You have to assign yourself a little bit of a metric on how you're going to achieve these things. You need to come up with a plan. And you need to make it easier. You need to change your environment so that it's conducive to the goals that you've set for yourself. So that begin with the end in mind ties straight into a lot of those different things that we've already talked about here. It's make sure that you have the ammo you need. Make sure that you have the scenario that you need in your life to be able to set your goals and to strive to achieve them every single day. 
Now, Covey's third habit that we dived into was put first things first. And what that means is prioritizing the things that are important. There was a lot of conversation about something called energy vampires. And my wife saw it written on some of the material I brought back and she kind of laughed at it. But I'll explain energy vampires the same way that they were explained to me. You know those people that you get the phone call from and they cost you much more energy than it's worth for you to conversate with them and for you to help them through their problem. Like I said, then it's worth. So you've got all these individuals that call or you've got a handful or a couple or just one in your life who reach out to you and they need everything right now. And it's the most important thing in the world. But when you really drill down to it, it's not as important or urgent as it's tend to be let on to be. And it costs you a lot of energy to deal with that because you're scrambling to, to get things taken care of or you're stressed out because, oh my gosh, this is the most urgent thing in the world. And the truth is all they're doing is sucking the energy out of you to deal with the problem that really has no true weight or true value to it. So he also talks about the four quadrants with talking about things that are urgent and important, things that are important but not urgent, things that are urgent but not important, and then things that are neither urgent or important. And learning how to assign certain things to those quadrants and to rationalize and to decide what you need to truly focus your time and your energy on. So that third rule right there, putting first things first and prioritizing those things that are important, really kind of set a lot of clarity into my life because I find myself being in sales, having to deal with everyone's problems every single day. And it's hard to differentiate between what's important and what's not sometimes because you never know what opportunity is going to lead to, lead to what. So that one really hit home for me and it made me think about how I was going to approach my day-to-day -day life and the problems that rise in it because I'm typically a very high-stressed individual. I might seem like I'm easy to relax or, or kind of able to shut things down and tune into my personal life whenever I'm at home or my work life whenever I'm at work. But typically my stress carries over into all the situations and I'm a very high stress individual. So learning to put things first things first and split those off really is going to be something that impacts my life in a very positive way. Now, principle number four by Covey was think win-win. The goal is to build a network and build relationships that benefit both parties. In a deal, the goal is not for you to win. It's not for the other side to take advantage of you and for them to win. No, the goal is for everyone to get what they need out of this. If you're looking to sell a product to somebody, you're going to sell that product to them because they need it to be successful. It's something that can help move them in a positive direction and it's going to help you by giving you a sale, allowing you to bring in more revenue. So, it has to be a win-win situation for things to truly work out and to have a relationship that travels into the future. It has longevity to it. It's not just something that happens one time and then breaks off. No, we're in the market and we're in the business of building lasting relationships and thinking win-win. Guys, number five for Stephen Covey's habits was seek first to understand, then to be understood. And this is one that resonated with me so freaking bad. This talks about hearing other people first and fully understanding their needs or concerns before you actually try to generate a response till you actually come up with an answer to throw back at them. See, 
with my wife here at home, this is probably the the absolute worst situation that I find myself doing this in is instead of truly understanding, truly figuring out what she is saying and processing that and then coming up with a response based off of the facts, the information I'm given and everything as a whole. I always find myself looking for a way to have a response while she's still talking. And because of that, I don't always get the full end of the story. I don't always pay attention to details. And I know for a fact that I don't make her feel heard. And that's something that is very frustrating for her, I am sure. And as a result, whenever I figured out I was doing this, it was very frustrating for me to see that this is something that I actively do. Now, it's not just that sometimes I try to think of what I'm going to say while she's still talking. Sometimes I've completely removed myself from that conversation mentally, and I've moved to a spot to where I'm thinking of something way, way down the road. And that's just as bad, guys. It is very, very important to be present in that moment. And like Covey says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Number six, guys. This ties a little bit into the number four with Think Win Win, but number six is synergize. So the relationship between two different entities or two businesses or two people or how they work together, that's pretty much the definition of synergy. So when he talks about synergize, learn how to work successfully together so that everyone involved in the situation can benefit. You often find yourself working with different people in different environments, whether it's within the same company, whether it's two companies that are working together, whether it's two individuals or two organizations coming together, how they work together and how they complement each other ties directly into this talk of synergy. So what you want to make sure you're doing is you're trying to actively synergize. You're trying to actively work with people who work well with you. You're thinking of how you can come up with these win-win style strategies. You're beginning with the end in mind like he talks about there. You're making sure that you've got these common goals talked about and worked out and you're formulating a plan that holds each other accountable so that you can work together in a way that is conducive to the success of everyone involved. Now, guys, probably the biggest one for me and the biggest take home is number seven, sharpen the saw. Covey talks about sharpening the saw as taking time to do the things that re-energizes us and that increase our motivation, guys. So that could be anything. That could be listening to the Next in Line podcast. Sorry, a little plug there. Um, or it could be something as, as easy as taking a nap. I had to do that today because, guys, this past week really took it out of me. It was a toll. But... It could be playing the guitar. It could be going and spending time with your friends and family. It could be whatever, guys, hitting the weight room. It could be going for a walk. It could be sitting down and having a beer. It could be going and playing basketball. Whatever it is, guys, sharpening the saw is bringing things back into perspective and allowing yourself to re-energize. It's kind of like that Abe Lincoln quote that has been said if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four sharpening the axe. And it's all preparation, guys. It's all getting things back to where they need to be, having the energy to continue, having the mindset and mental capacity to push through, but being prepared to take on whatever it is. And sometimes sharpening the saw comes at points where you're in the middle of a process that is extremely stressful, and you just need to step away from it for five 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and come back to it. There's an old cowboy that I worked with back at the ranch that used to say something that didn't really resonate with me at the time, but the older I get, the more it does. 
he used to say whenever we were so worked up about getting all these cows worked or all these cows pinned or all this stuff positioned, he would always say, look, there's such thing as tomorrow. There's always going to be tomorrow. If you don't get it done today, we can come back out here and we can get it done tomorrow. It's not worth all of the headache. It's not worth all the, worth all the stress and being worked up about all these different things. It's also not worth getting yourself hurt. So take that time, sharpen the saw, step away, take a little bit of a break. And guys, those are the seven habits that we learned about in this book, The Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And that's what this entire course was rooted in. And we definitely talked about several different things. And, and I had a lot of different takeaways from this course specifically that I wanted to share with y'all after we dove into those habits. And one was, again, guys, that seek to understand, then to be understood. I did not realize how much I did this in my personal life. And some of y'all hearing that might think about that as well and realize, oh, crap, I, I do this all the time. I do it with my friends. I do this with my, my significant other. I do this with work where you're not truly hearing what the other person has to say. You're not truly weighing that out and just, just taking in the fullness of what they are trying to get to you point-wise. And because of that, we don't connect with people. We don't bond with them. We don't form a relationship the way that we could because we're so worried about what we're going to say. We're so worried about having the perfect thing to say. And we're just committed to that more than we're actually committed to letting them be heard and being invested in them. Now, guys, another thing that I learned was letting go of control and trusting your team can make all the difference. Now, I said I'm not going to dive into the details of what we did uh, just for the sake of if anybody from work is listening and hasn't gone through the program. But there is a specific exercise that somehow I found myself in charge of with my group. Um, it was said to be the hardest one, and I figured it would be the hardest one because of the skills that are involved in it, right? I figured it would be the hardest one because there's so many working parts and so much crazy stuff going on. And don't get me wrong, there was, but a little bit of context. I'm a control freak. I am a very, very involved manager. I'm not uh, micromanaging, really, but I will do things on my own so that other people don't have to do them. Uh, so I know that they're done right. There's a variety of reasons why I take on just a million things all at once and don't necessarily get my team as involved as I should on a regular basis. But somehow, I don't know if it was if it was divine intervention or, or whatever you believe out there, but I ended up in charge of this one task that was supposed to be the hardest thing we did and like I said, I thought it was going to be super involved, lots of moving parts, having to have my attention here, 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 and here all at the same time, and working with all my <clears throat> all my team at the same time, and, and I was geared up, ready to go, all hyped up. But the truth was, whenever I find myself in the task, I learned really quickly in the instructions that I would have less than half of the time that we were allowed to complete the task to spend with my group. I was only allowed to spend... 30 of the 75 minutes with my team explaining how to do things, making sure everyone grasped what we're trying to do and working out all the logistics and knowing everyone's roles and setting an agenda around the project. And then I had to completely remove myself from the scenario. So it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed to hear so I could realize that, hey, you do this in work all the time. You're so in charge. You're, you're so just dependent upon yourself. You never let anybody help. 
and you never let anybody take any of the load off of you and it ends up causing you extra stress, causing you extra problems. But this situation, this scenario, this exercise, whatever you want to call it, forced me to do just that. It forced me to step away and it forced me to be out of control. Everything was out of my hands as soon as I was eliminated from the situation. So it was truly something I'm thankful for. And it was probably one of the best experiences of the entire week that I was gone, having to let go and having to trust my team and get others involved. And I, just for that reason alone, I'm extremely thankful to have gone through this training. But number three on my takeaways, guys, is stepping outside of your comfort zone. Being on this podcast, playing music, all the other things that I do, going and running these races and meeting with people, talking, interviews, whatever, you would think that I'm probably a little bit of an extrovert. But that couldn't be more the, from the truth. I'm, I'm truly a natural introvert. I'm somebody that my energy is reformed. I'm re-energized by being alone, by having an opportunity to step away from all the noise and all the stress and all the energy and just recharge my batteries in a quiet place. So stepping outside of my comfort zone is something that doesn't exactly come natural. And there were several scenarios, several situations where they needed somebody to step up to the plate. They needed somebody to get uncomfortable, to do something over the top, to energize a team, to kind of be the wild card, if you will. And I learned early on that we didn't really have anybody that was willing to step into that role. So I did just that. I stepped out of my comfort zone and I dove in feet first and I played the role of the extrovert all week long. And I'll tell you the truth. It made all the difference in everything we did as a team. It kind of energized everyone from the start. It got the ideas flowing. It got the creativity flowing. And it brought a level of just energy and passion to everything we were doing that it wouldn't have brought otherwise. So being able to step out of your comfort zone and being able to engage in a way that you wouldn't normally do is a huge takeaway from this for me because I think there's way too many of us that are worried about how we'll look. We're worried about what other people think. And the truth is, I, I saw a statistic in the uh, in our prep work for one of the case deals we had to do for this training. It was something like 90% of the things that we worry about are unnoticed whenever we get out to public speak or to be in front of people or whenever we're in a situation where it's high stress and we're thinking everyone's staring at us. 90% of the things that we have our attention on and that we're worried about don't even get noticed by other people. So that's just a little food for thought tying into that stepping outside of your comfort zone. Number four, guys, see it and say it. This is something we talk about in safety all the time in the construction industry, but I use it a little bit different here. There was a girl that her team was getting towards the end of their time. The presenters were trying to, or the facilitators were trying to urge them on because they had gone over time. They were taking way too long. Um, and each teammate, there was eight people on the team. Each teammate was talking through a scenario together little by little. And like I said, they had taken too much time. They had gotten kind of way outside the, the time constraints and the facilitators were urging them on and on and on. And she is a lot like me. She wants to just get things done and help people out. So when it came her turn, I knew exactly what she was going to do in her presentation. She was going to just hit the high notes of everything, uh, the highlights, and just skip over her turn completely, not give her any time and just sell herself really short. So one thing I did, I stepped out of my comfort zone again. I wrote on the back of a sheet of paper as I'm sitting in the audience watching this other group present. And I wrote on there, everyone else took their time. 
don't sell yourself short. And I held it up and I let her read it. And as a result, she took the time and she made the point she needed to make. She worked on the things she needed to work on and she got her fair share of the time. And afterwards, she came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, thank you. I wasn't going to give myself the time. I wasn't going to let myself be heard. I was going to just shut it down and move on so we could be done with the presentation. But I've read your note and I really appreciate what you did. So you never know the impact it's going to have on people. And honestly, I didn't plan on doing that. It was just a spur of the moment kind of spontaneous. It hopped in my mind and I said it. So if you see it, guys, say it. Put it out there. Make sure that other people know that, hey, it's okay to do what you need to do to be successful in this situation too. Everyone else has taken the time to do so. Don't don't sell yourself short. And if you see things like that happening, guys, make sure you tell people. Make sure you give them the courage that it takes to invest and carry everything out to the full of their plan. Don't, don't let them sell themselves short just because they get in their own heads. Now, guys, number five, finding balance and, like Stephen Covey says is a seventh habit, sharpening the saw is more important than you think. I mentioned the quote about Abe Lincoln, guys, but I am the kind of person that will run myself in the dirt before I give myself any kind of opportunity to take work-life balance. And that's with my podcasting, that's with this next-in-line development movement, that's with my fitness, my work, whatever it might be. But the truth is that if I took a little bit more time and I sharpened the saw and I was able to re-energize and refocus on all the things that are very, very important to me, I would likely have a more positive outcome than just beating myself into the dirt every single day, trying to get everything done that I can all the time. And realizing that was a huge thing for me because I had executives in there. I had very, very important managers that were all like, yes, sharpen the saw, take the time. You need to step away sometimes. You need to take yourself breaks. You need to completely unplug and unfocus from work and engage in taking care of yourself and re-energizing. And to hear those people of that caliber in our company talking about taking breaks and taking time for yourself and working on yourself, it really, really resonated with me because I was always the kind of person that thought if you're ever going to climb that ladder, if you're ever going to get to the top, you're ever going to be high up in a company, you have to be the kind of person that's just going to be, uh, for lack of a better word, relentless and just never quit, right? So seeing that there's a difference and seeing that taking the opportunity to sharpen the saw is that important was absolutely huge for me. And then guys, number six, my last big takeaway from this is don't judge a book by its cover. I know that was super evident through this entire conversation, especially with me talking about early on how annoyed I was with this program, how I was not looking forward to it, how frustrated I was with missing my wife, missing my dog, missing just regular work. But what I did was... I decided to judge that book by its cover as being this week-long required thing that was going to be super frustrating, and it couldn't have been further from the truth. The facilitators that put the thing on were invested, they were creative, they were engaging, they were a ton of fun. The overall takeaways from this whole training scenario as a whole were phenomenal. They were unlike anything I've ever gotten out of a workplace training like this. It was like somebody turned on a light bulb and just... Everything came to light at once for me, and, and it was like nothing I've ever been a part of. So judging the book by its cover, seeing all this pre-work and all this annoying stuff, quote-unquote annoying stuff, really sent me to a place that didn't have the most positive mindset going into this whole thing. But 
very quickly. I was able to sort that out. I was able to step away from that and just dive into this. So I encourage each and every one of y'all listening it to give the opportunity for things to work themselves out. Give opportunity for things to present themselves to you in a way that might be more true to what they are rather than just relying on our preconceived notions or our prejudgments that we put out against whatever it might be, whether it's a training, whether it's a person, whether it's a job, maybe it's a new opportunity that comes into your life. Now, guys, one way I measure metrics on events like this, trainings, involvement, races, whatever it might be that, that I find myself involved with, one of the ways that I measure the amount of success that comes out of it is that whenever I reflect back on the time that I spent in that event, I find that I was truly challenged and I was made to think and I was made to grow and to progress myself. And I think that this LTT, this leadership through teamwork did exactly that. I came away with so many different changes in mindset, so much of a better understanding of the company that I work for that I'll be honest, I was a little bit concerned about and a little frustrated with whenever I first came on because of all the changes and all the uncertainty around it. Uh, But I've learned to understand everything that surrounds it and how I can bring that into being a positive thing in my life, being a more structured thing in my life, rather than just focusing on all the little changes and all the things that aren't always going 100% correct like I think they should. Now, another metric I use is that Whenever you find yourself in situations like this, uh, participating in hard events or or trainings or just different engaging activities that are supposed to make you grow and think, on the other side of it, it also is something that is fruitful. It needs to be something that has opportunity come out of it and blossom out of the other side. And this event had just that. One of the ideas I presented on was the idea of a health and fitness committee for the company as a whole. And it was actually greeted very well. The human resources uh, manager or vice president was sitting in the room and asked to speak with me further about it and have some meeting times to see if this is something we can actually implement into our company. And it's something I'm super passionate about. So being involved in the health and fitness committee would be absolutely phenomenal for me, in my opinion, with a company like this. I also found out that from the skit that we did, it was set up a certain way and our company has been interested in setting up a, setting up with a podcast and engaging in that kind of media, which obviously I have experience with now. So there's opportunity for me to get involved in the production of that, whether whatever role that might be, it's still unknown or whatnot, but it there's an opportunity there and I can use my expertise within this side of things and all the things I've had to work through and the hiccups I've had to figure out to help serve that company and be more engaged and honestly as a whole through both the health and fitness committee and the podcast thing, enjoy my job more and serve people with the things that I'm doing. Now there's other opportunities that have come out just like having the opportunity to serve people within personal development in a more healthy way and being able to reach more people as a whole with this massive network of new friends and peers that I've been able to build from this past week. Um, and, And it's a group of people that truly want to see me succeed and who I want to see succeed as well. So having that alone is something that is well, well worthwhile. It's, it's really hard to find people that you, you get to opportunity to relate to, enough and spend enough time with that you get this sort of investment from. So that in itself is a fantastic thing. And guys, 
Stepping away from this, one of the biggest things I could do is encourage each and every one of y'all to invest in yourself. It doesn't have to be a week-long locked-in program where it's just boom, 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 fast-paced, everything going crazy all the time. It can be reading that book. It can be hitting a workout. It can be going for a walk. It can be just taking the time to invest in yourself in some way. Train yourself. Teach yourself. Develop yourself so that you can be the absolute best version of yourself that you want to be. And now, guys, I know there's all of these opportunities that we have to do just that, and they present themselves at times that aren't always the best. And they also require us to step out of our comfort zone, so we make excuses and we say things like, I I just can't do that right now, it's not a good time. But, guys, the truth is it's never going to be a a good time. It's never going to be the perfect conditions. It's not going to be the perfect storm or the perfect weather for us to step outside of our comfort zones and really invest in making ourselves better. So I would highly encourage you, whenever this podcast is over, find what you can do better right now. Find what it is that you're passionate about, what you're fired up about, what you truly want out of your life, and take the time to make yourself better. Guys, thank y'all so much for tuning into this episode of the Next Line Podcast. Remember to share the show with like-minded individuals. Remember to follow us and interact with us out on social media, guys, and always be prepared for whatever is next in line. <laughs>